Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we have a two-parter, basically talking about the FC Barcelona upcoming season as Craig and Remy join me. But before we get into those topics, a quick message from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com slash Barca. Now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But as I mentioned, this is going to be a two-parter. We're going to kind of go into team uh, players, La Liga, our kind of predictions and over-unders for the season. Of course, I wanted to bring in the team. So Craig and Remy are joining me. So we'll start off with Craig because I, I think this is a good good chance to kind of reintroduce ourselves to the Barca Talk community. Craig, tell us, you know, 
I know your story and I know Remy's story too, but you know, for the others that may not, uh, Craig, tell us a little bit like how you got into Barcelona quickly. You don't have to go in your uh, monologue about the thing and quickly on your favorite FCB moment. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. Craig, I'm from the UK, as you can probably tell very quickly from my accent. Um, so I, uh, I got into Barca um, from, the hist- uh, from the history of the city first. So I found the club via the city rather than the other way around, uh, which is a real love of, uh, of Barcelona as a place after my first trip there. Um, that was in 2008. Uh, and my favourite Barcelona moment, I have two. Sorry, I know you said be quick. The first one is uh, the Iniestazo. I was at that game at Stamford Bridge. I think that will never be beaten for me. And then uh, very recently, for those who listened last year, uh, I managed to get a chance to take my eight-year-old boy around Camp Nou um, before it got demolished, and that was incredible. So there's my two moments, and, and that's how I got into the club. The Iniestazo, man, that's that's pretty incredible. Chris. My first ever away game. Not a bad way to start, right? Oof, oof. Yeah, yeah. And Remy, tell us a bit about your FCB fandom and your FCB moment. Yes, I'm Remy Dixon, so you all probably know a good bit of. Um, been a fan since I started really getting into European football. Originally from West Africa, live in San Francisco. Uh, Ronaldinho was how I got into the club, really. I was watching clips, started seeing this guy just doing crazy things, and I was like, okay, now I got to watch him more. And had a friend who was into Arsenal. Barca Arsenal, that whole series really kicked it off for me. And then it was off to the races then, you know, so Eto, all the rest of the players. Um, Moment-wise, um, yeah, the Iniesta goal, I was a freshman in college packing up to go home, and that goal, I ran around the dorms. Just, it was crazy. <laughs> um, and then, I, I mean, I feel like the rest of the moments are just mostly just the team and the passion and you, you seeing players like Puyol, the the gesture towards Abidal when he came back from his cancer situation, things like that. So it's a bunch of moments put into one, but it was what made us Masquion Club, um, those things. So that that would, that would be my other moment. Past tense. Yes, <laughs> us made those things. Definitely past tense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, I'm from the Bay Area and now I live in Madrid. And obviously my my fandom started because of the first original Ronaldo. Basically, I saw him train with the Brazilian national team in Las Gatas, Remy. Um, and I was able to get full access to watch them. And then basically his first season at Barcelona was the first season that Fox Sports World was transmitting football in the U.S. And of course, I just fell in love with Barcelona because Ronaldo was my favorite. And my favorite FCB moment is the Champions League semi at the Bernabeu when Messi took it coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. And I ran around my house because I knew at that moment that I was going to be in Barcelona for the first time to watch the final with other Kool-Aids. And I was really excited about that. So that's always going to be my favorite moment. So as you can see, we are a worldwide community here of different moments that have brought us together. So it's really cool. And of course, Craig, we haven't met in person yet, but Hopefully that's coming soon when uh, if that happens with with the with things coming with your way. And then Remy, we met in yeah. Barcelona, which was great. We went to the Femini match and we hung out for the weekend. So so that was great. All right. So let's get into some of the over-unders that we have for the season. And again, we have some ideas of how we think the team is going to perform this season. And I just kind of broke it down as I have here on the dock, team players in La Liga. And of course, we can always add 
any other things that you may come across, it's you know open ended over here. But the first thing I wanted to go with the team is talking about the trophies because I know you know top line level. That's kind of what we always are most interested in, I guess, at the at the beginning of the season. And I have here one point five trophies. I think Craig, you gave me this this point system, and I'll just start off with you, Craig. What do you think? One point five over or under this season uh, with FCV? Under. Under. I think. I think we win the league. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I don't see us getting uh, a couple this season. Um, and I guess if, if I was being selective, uh, if it's going to go under that, I'd rather win the league than the Copa del Rey. But yeah, I think, I think one. So one holds tight. What about you, Remy? How, what is your gut telling you about this season? And, you know, obviously with the rest of what the, the other teams have done as well. So I feel like we could do two, perhaps. I mean, if you count the Super Copa as a 0.5, um, I would say 2.5. I think we can get the Copas all day. I think we just, I mean, we'll get into this later, but our defense is looking strong again. If we can work out who puts balls in the back of the net. And I think we have a deep squad with, you know, Gundogan. We have a midfield that's going to be pretty deep. We have a lot of youngsters that can come in and play a match and do some things. So I feel like it'd be really disappointing if we didn't get that Copa. I like that 0.5, you know, for that, <laughs> for the Super Copa. Um, I, I'm going to be I optimistic. Forgot the oh, Super Copa this one, yeah. I forgot the Super <laughs> Copa this one, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it, but I okay. think Remy might be right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be a little bit more. I think we can get the La Liga and the Copa del Rey this season. I think just having the consistency of a, a starting 11 from the beginning of the season. I think we're going to be able to build off of that compared to, for example, Real Madrid, who's still trying to find their footing with their new players. And I think that's going to give us a leg up on that. Uh, I'm going to go 1.5. It's like Copa, Copa del Rey and La Liga. Now here is going to be Craig's favorite one past the quarterfinals of champions league. Craig, what do you say? No chance, no chance, but I don't, I don't want that to sound negative. I don't want that to sound negative. I just think, Realistically, in terms of where we are as a club, where other teams are in, in their journey, I think there's some really strong teams in Europe at the minute. And I think that we will get found out this year. But what I do think, which isn't the question, is I think we'll see a real step forward in Europe this year. But I think beyond the quarterfinals is is, is one step too far. So it's a very positive no from me rather than me being miserable and uh, <laughs> negative. All right. Remy, what would say you? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. I... In terms of us being found out, I think it's it's interesting you say that because I, I will say last year, one of the things that kept us from going to the round of 16 is we just had so many defensive injuries early. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. we weren't stellar up front. Lewandowski was actually started off really slow, especially in the Champions League, and yep. Busquets was a liability. We don't have that this year. I think we have some tenacity. Um, Romeu is out here just looking like he's about to really fit in. He seems like a guy that can be brought on and just put some bruises on people. Um, I think we're going to continue where we were going defensively, and defense is going to be really a strong piece. So I don't know if we're going to be found out in that sense. Like I don't see a situation where there's a Mbappe running at us, and I'm like, "Holy shit, what's about to happen?" You know. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that can carry us a good bit. What happens offensively, that's going to be the difference. So I think we could get to the quarterfinals. Getting past it, I I think there's more of a chance this year than there was last year. And it all just depends on health. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think in the Champions League, with our if we don't have major injuries to our defensive line, basically, I think we're going to be in tighter games and the possibility of advancing through that. Now, again, I think that's going to be the biggest question mark this season is the goals, especially with Dembele leaving and how we figure out that connection with Lewandowski, because as we saw, Lewandowski started slow and ended slow as well. Even though he did win the Pichichi, it was not a confident Pichichi season for sure, right? And we're going to really depend on him for all those goals. So maybe maybe he converts those chances where he missed last season. But as for a Champions League run, I think we can get to the quarterfinals now. You know, it's a crapshoot after that because of the season. Obviously, you know, especially going from October to February where that break is, there's so many things that can happen. Uh, so I don't know. I think we can get definitely to the quarterfinals. After that, I'm I'm kind of up in the air depending on who our opponent is and how we're playing as well. So I think those are great points. I don't know if you have any other points to add for Champions League uh, run this season, Craig. I, yeah, I just think I, I find it really tricky for – for Europe in, in the sense of, I feel like, I feel like the expectations of a lot of clubs, it's not a Barcelona thing, are still very, very skewed towards what success is in Europe. I think we, we've got into an era of domination from teams. Madrid had a run, Man United had a decent run. Um, obviously, they had a bit of a battle between Chelsea. We had a, a good run, but I feel like Europe's become a bit of an all or nothing. Um, and it almost feels like if you don't get to the final, you've failed. And, and I, I, just, I just don't see it that way. So I'd be intrigued to know what the general consensus is of what success looks like this year in Europe. So, you know, as you've said, that's a bit of a crapshoot in terms of the knockouts. I would argue that's across the board. I mean, if you look at the way the seedings work nowadays, some of the groups, you look at it and think that's that's just inherently unfair. Now, some of those is because the groups are awful and some of the groups are just grim. And I know that's I know that's knockout competitions, right? It's not new. It's the same in everything. But I just find... I find the expectation of all clubs about Europe to be really flawed compared to where people would be in their league. You know, I don't think you would have, for example, if Arsenal fans were offered finishing second in the Premier League this season, they would probably take it. But if you said, how would you feel about the semi-finals of the Champions League? They'd be like, mm, I'd rather we went further. Which is crazy because you're putting in four times the amount of good teams. So yeah. that's what I find really hard about predicting Europe is, is trying to temper what success would be and then working backwards from that rather than working forwards from where I think my team is compared to the others. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the the other interesting wrinkle that adds it for Barcelona fans is money, right? We put so much – like last season, the Champions League success was what would like keep us afloat to an extent. So yeah. for us, it's not just a matter of do we win it, do we play well? It's do we get fur enough to keep making money to do some of the things we need to do? Um, yeah. And I don't think many other teams see it that way because they don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that point, here's, here's an interesting one. Because, yeah, I think the, the financial one, yeah, we, we can't escape it. We're miles away from being able to ignore the financial elements of this. But here's in terms of, like, where Europe sits, let's change over and under to a bit of a would you rather. Would you rather get beat by City in the quarterfinals or get to the final of the Europa League this season? Not saying win it very deliberately, but get to the final of the Europa League or get beat by City in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. For me, for me, it's Champions League. For me, Crazy, just because, in yeah, my opinion, yeah. I, I respect, I respect your opinion. I'm not yeah, saying, yeah. I mean, but I, I find this is what I mean. I find the whole concept of European competition just so bizarre at the minute yeah. across the board. 
I guess, I mean, Remy took it out of my, the words out of my mouth because I was going to say the money aspect, right? We need to, to advance as far as we can in the Champions League just for the money aspect, especially right I mean, we're still in the, mm. in the hole. And I get what you're trying to say, Craig, because it's like having the chance or the opportunity to win a trophy, right? As we just talked about the 1.5 trophies. Yeah. I just think that as we stand as FC Barcelona, right? Like we are a top club. I feel it's just underneath and I hate to be a snob like that, but it, I just feel it is. And I want to see Barcelona playing on the Tuesday, Wednesday night where everyone's watching around the world. Like that's just something special to me. Now I get the Euro Europa cup. If we were a team, let's say, you know, real Sociedad, something like this, that is doesn't have this many opportunities and resources like FC Barcelona. I said, mm -hmm. hell yeah, Europa cup final, because that's a, an opportunity for a trophy. But I just, that's just the football snob in me. I want Champions League, and I don't care how – if we do get eliminated in the quarterfinals, at least we got to that point. I just think Europa Cup and Europa League is still underneath Barcelona. And, and do you know what? If we're talking financially, I, I've, I've just looked at the figures there. So, I mean, you know, it is literally – Google search number one in its ass as well. So we'll take that for what it's worth. But, you know, it, it, the financial one's interesting because um, if we were, if we're saying quarterfinals is where we're kind of basing this debating point here, quarterfinals of the Champions League gets you uh, 10.6 million euros, whereas winning the Europa League gets you 8.6 as of last year. So to your point about finances, I, I totally see it. Um, so I think that's a really compelling point. I, I would still rather have glory over the money in terms of the difference um, you know, it's negligible at that point. But then when you get beyond that into the final, sorry, Remy, when you get beyond that into the final no, and the semi-final, it's astronomically different in the Champions League. So it's a fair point. Well, I was going to add the the thing with the Europa League and, and Gabriel, I, I, I hear you. There's, there's part of it snob, but then the other part is most of the Europa League at this point is for teams that aren't going to get into the Champions League that if you win it, now you're in the Champions League. It mm. always feels like it's a it's a step to the bigger step, to the bigger stage. And Gabriel, you're right. We've set the standard. We're FCB. Like, we should be deeper in the Champions League. That is our tournament. It's not Europa. So the idea of winning a Europa League trophy, even though I know you weren't saying winning, but even winning it, if we're first in our league, then, like, it doesn't really do much more for us than just, like, we won a trophy. And yeah. there are enough Barca fans that are going to be snobs that are like, oh, that trophy doesn't really matter. So yeah. I think, yeah, as you just said, the financially, we, we go deeper in the Champions League, we make more money. But yeah. if we're winning the league and then we and then we're losing the Champions League or getting out early enough to be in Europa, winning Europa is just for pride at that point because we should win it um, versus like mm. winning it because we need to in some way. Yeah. So taking that further, sorry, Gabe, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to take over your role as the expert coordinator. <laughs> here, but if we take that, so I, I just find it fascinating because I think we, we, we just have very different opinions on it. But so if we just go yes and no, then. So is this a, a successful season? Yes or no. Winning the league and the quarterfinals of the Champions League. We go out with the quarterfinals, but we win the league and we go out with the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Successful season, yeah or nay? Yes. Yes. It depends on how we go out in the quarterfinals. You know, if it's two legs where we get blown out? No. If it's two legs where we did something stupid tactically and we pulled the Liverpool-Roma situations, um, no, because it doesn't show progress. Okay. If it's two legs where we fought and we ended up losing by one goal, or the team that we played was just that much better than us, like a Man City, um, and 
they didn't fully outclass us, but you know, we, we just need a couple more things to get there to be at that level than success. But like it, so it's a yes, depending. And then one more, sorry. <laughs> Final of the champions league, second in La Liga successful season. Yes or no? I'm going to yes. say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because we're back money, in the champions league because of the money too. Exactly. That's the thing. It's, you know, the final of the champions still gives you an opportunity for a big prize and also the payday leading up to that as well. I think okay. both are, are great situations. I, I think those are – I would still take both of those, you know. I think with your first situation, always La Liga is number one for me and then Champions League right there, especially now we know as we just talked about. There's a lot of parity. It's difficult. There's knockouts and all that stuff. I, like Remy pointed out, I need to see progress though. I don't want to get shelled like we did against Bayern a couple of years ago after the pandemic. I do not want to see these lapses of concentration against like Roma, uh, for example. I need to see a little bit more fight, tactical ingenuity by Xavi to see what he can actually do in these home and away as we always talk about. Now, yeah. with the final of the Champions League, I think that's a huge step forward because that is an opportunity that the world is watching where we've gone through the, the stages. That's huge. And second in La Liga, you know, obviously second in La Liga, if we lose by 20, I wouldn't, I would, you know, it's kind of, would be kind of a weird thing. I guess we'll, we'll see. And again, I, and that's what's fascinating, right? I know, I know. Cause, cause you, you're, you're willing, you're willing, you're willing to regress positionally in the Liga to move forward in Europe. And I think that's, what's fascinating about where we are as a club is that I think the benchmarks of success have got more spinning parts, more metadata in terms of what can improve that or, or, or make that negligible or negative than we ever had because we've got this massive financial elephant in the room, because we don't really know where Xavi is as a manager yet, because we've got a rebuild of a young squad plus these these aging um, people who should, in theory, kick us on. I think it's it's potentially the, it's potentially the hardest... I think it's potentially the hardest season to evaluate before it starts in terms of what success could look like. Because last season, we were just looking for some level of hope, really. I think for me personally, it's that we have been so successful in La Liga that I take that for granted now. And I just want to see mm. more success in Europe. It's interesting. Uh, especially against the best competition because of our European record has been lackluster in the last eight years with the ups and downs. And, you know, as we just highlighted, I think to me right now, as I look forward, I just I want to see more progress as Remy pointed out in the European nights. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was going to say, I think like for me, it's always been about sustainability. I haven't seen a team feel sustainable um, and not even financially. I take that out because the question you asked when I thought about Champions League final second in La Liga, I wasn't even thinking about the money. Why I think that would make mm. show success is because we have progressed through really good teams and we've gotten to, the pinnacle of this competition that we you were we've won before um la liga kind of the same thing kind of take it for granted but like if we're that much better against other competition bigger competition stronger competition even if it's a shorter term as long as we didn't get blown out in the league um i think we'd be fine but all that's based on one of the things that's been always hard about watching this team in the last couple of years is seeing things that were just not sustainable. Like under Valverde, you had this messy dependence that was like, this doesn't make sense. This this team cannot function long-term being so dependent on one person. Then you had the Kuman situation where like there are times where we're like, what, 
kicking and praying. Like there's just <laughs> things that you're not seeing. I haven't seen managers do certain things that I was like, okay, this seems like it's going to help us move forward. And Xavi comes in. There were a lot of things I was hoping from Xavi early on. But when I pull some of that back and I think he's building slowly from back to front. And positively, we have a defense now that feels sustainable. Like we have young defenders. We have some def- we have a defense that I am proud to, to say that is like a Barca defense at this point. Um, and the moves they've made over the summer, I mean, this young kid, Faye, uh, even the little bit we saw in the last game was like, oh, this this kid could be something. Um, you think of how spoiled we are for Kunde and, and Araujo in the center of the park, Christensen. Like, we mm-hmm. have – we've built this. So that feels set. Ter Stegen, that feels set. Maybe we get a better second coming up soon in the next couple of years, that could set that whole part of that team up for a while. Comes to midfield, we have a lot of young players. Things are getting better there. So for me, not to belabor this point, it just seems like if we're continuously building from back to front, if this year our midfield gets set, then Victor Roque comes in, and now we're looking at an offense that's set, and we end up going to the finals of the Champions League because of it, that shows more progress than winning La Liga getting knocked out relatively earlier in the Champions League um, and not showing anything tactically that seems like we're building forward. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And again, Craig, again, I think it's this idea of how we view sports in the States is like always trophy first mm-hmm. and how you view it on a European UK side of your club and how far you can get, like you take that into stride. So I think this is always going to be an issue. And I have a hard time dealing with it because he always asks really good questions about the would you rather. And I, I'm kind of always like, oh, yeah, I know. I mean, really, as Remy said awesomely, like the sustainability, I think, is key. And we are heading in that direction. And that's why this season is really curious because we want to see if we are trending up. Are we going to say stagnant or was last season just an aberration? So we'll, we'll go from there. So, all right, let's 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 jump into some player over-unders, and I just kind of put some stats here. Let's start off with Lewandowski. Now, Lewandowski did not have a spectacular USA tour. He didn't score any goals. Uh, he was also used sparingly. He had 23 last season, winning the Pichichi. I have here 20 goals as the over-under. Let's start with Remy. What do you think? Is it over-under? And then tell me any of your thoughts on Lewandowski for this season. <laughs> this is this is a tough one. Um, yeah, he was used sparingly preseason. I did not see anything that looked great preseason. Um, I felt like he ended soft last year, as you said. He began soft last year, as you said. He's only getting older. And you're looking at a team that is going to have to work differently given the uh, leaving of his Wendem Belly. I remember multiple times in recordings last season where we were like, hey, it looks like Lewandowski and Rafinha have never played together. That's about to be the, the pairing, one of the pairings, right? So I would like to say, obviously, I always hope for more than 23. I think it's going to end up somewhere around 18, it's going to be good, but I don't know where he's going to get the service from. And I fear him trying to play too deep and then not being up there when he needs to be. 
I think that's a key thing. I do not want to see him acting as a number 10 and coming back to get the ball. I think that is completely flawed. He's not at an age anymore where he can come back and spring back forward. I think it takes too much energy throughout the matches for him to do that. And also his playmaking isn't so incredible. If I'm thinking of like Zlatan, like I think Zlatan's a better playmaker through that if you want to kind of do that. But again, I want, I always want Lewandowski pushing that front, you know, that the center back pairing as much as they can to give space behind, you know, and I don't know. I, I have here 20, but I, I'm going to go under with 18. And I still think that wins Pichichi. I don't think that, I don't think La Liga really has a superstar striker this season. Uh, and I still think 18 still gets the job done as a Pichichi. I want more goals. And I'm curious to see how Chabi tries to unlock that pairing with Rafinha. And, and like you said, where is he going to get that service from? Because as we've noted throughout the season last season, it's as though Rafinha and Lewandowski do not know each other at all. What do you think, Craig? Uh, I think he has much more chance of a successful season this year. I think he gets over 20. Um, Remy, we fundamentally disagree on, on uh, Usman Dembele. Um, I think he's counterproductive more than he's great. But when he's great, he's eye-catching and it's brilliant. Um, and I think, the sadly, the structure of Barcelona improves by one of Dembele and Rafinha going. It just happens to be that it's Dembele. I would have had no real feelings either way, depending on which one went. I just don't, I just don't think Xavi was helped by having this decision to make. And I think it was, it was done in the wrong way at the wrong times more often than not. Arguably, that's a Chavi problem more than it is a problem for those two players. But I, th I think I think the structure becomes easier when you don't have two of your most expensive players vying for one position, trying to keep them both happy. I think, rightly or wrongly, Rafinha locks up that position and we work across the forward line from there. What I do want to see this season, and I think the signing of Gundogan helps this a lot, Romeo hopefully helps this a lot as well, is... Um, you know, you called you called Busquets a liability earlier, and at times that wasn't wrong. Um, Romeo has already shown that he's more mobile, not quite as good on the ball, but how often does someone in that position need to have the ball that much? Just move it on, and Romeo can do that. I'm laboring this point. But what I think is that, that I think Lewandowski got a hell of a lot of um, yards in his legs last season for doing donkey work that we shouldn't be expecting him to do. I understand that as a team we need to press from the front, but he spent so much time chasing lost causes and running down defenders that shouldn't have happened that it was no wonder that a lot of the time he was in the wrong position. And then the other thing is, you know, the thing about Rafinha and Lewandowski looking like they haven't played together, they hadn't for a long part of that season. And there wasn't the level of consistency in terms of someone locking up that, that, um, that wide position enough. So I think I'm optimistic about what he does. His preseason has been pretty grim. He's not been great. He's looked, he's looked sluggish. So I'll, I'll, I'll hear that argument. Absolutely. And that he finished softly last season. I completely agree on that as well. But I think that what we saw or what I hope we saw is maybe a better way of putting it is an experienced or seasoned, let's go that word, instead of old striker that done far more running than he probably would have been expecting to do that just looked tired because we didn't have a plan B. What I hope we see this season is a bit more structural integrity up top I, with a bit better service um, from behind. Um, with a bit less running, I think I think it improves. Um, what I would say is that if it doesn't improve, then I think the signing of Lewandowski will become a little bit different in most people's eyes. Yeah. 
I would uh, I would definitely agree. And I also think the another aspect with this that may help Lewandowski is Gundogan, right? I think we mm-hmm. saw Gundogan actually score, I think, his career best goals last season by having that space that Holland created. And I think Lewandowski can kind of replicate that space. Gundogan yeah. can find that space to help goals. And more importantly, you know, there's going to be opportunities for Lewandowski to poach some more goals. And I also think Gundogan may have a better feeling with Lewandowski going up the middle. And I think that could definitely help. Um, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Lewandowski, as a seasoned veteran, he's just monitoring himself to get ready for the season, right? As we know, preseason. I hope so. Older. Yeah, I hope so, too, because we need his goals. I mean, there is no <laughs> – I mean, we absolutely need his goals. Well, I was going to say also, I think one of the things about this that makes it interesting – one of the things I hope Gundogan like helps and Romelu and the new guys is when Xavi came in, the biggest expectation I had was that our midfield were going to start making the kind of passes that Barca used to make, that mm. they would see a space and put it there and know that the forward's going to get there, the winger's going to get there. We have for a very long time taken Tiki Taka to mean – Busquets gets the ball. He passes it to Pedri next to him. Pedri passes it back to him. They pass it back to the defender. Like the amount of times last year, and I've said this before, one of the reasons I think Antoine Griezmann was unsuccessful at Barca, I didn't want him here in the first place. I didn't think he was going to be the best fit. However, I can acknowledge this man made runs. And every time a midfielder would look at him and turn around and pass it behind them. Uh, Lewandowski is the same thing. Last year, he made multiple times where he was pointing to a space that was wide open. Busquets looked at it, turned away. And Pedri and Gavi kind of started doing the same thing. And I was hoping when Xavi came in, he would have changed that. I don't think he's done it as quickly as I would like. I don't think he's fully done it. Hopefully the new guys coming in don't have that mentality and they're not beat into it because they're older players. You're not going to tell a good one, hey, start playing much differently than you've ever played before. I think he's going to look up. He's going to see the space. He's going to put it in there. Um, one of the things about the Debele Rafinha thing is I think one of the best things about getting Debele off this team is you now put Xavi in a situation where he has to actually think of his forward tactics because mm-hmm. I think multiple times last year, it was a situation where it was get the ball to Dembele, let him do something crazy and we'll see what happens. And that's a crutch, just like Messi was a crutch. Um, you take that away. Now we actually have to play differently. We have to actually think about how we move forward together. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that because I don't want this team crutched in any way. And I think we're about to see a situation where Xavi has to be a proper manager or we all, as you just said about Lewandowski, is it at the end of this year we're going, is he the one to move forward mm-hmm. with this team, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah, especially with the price tag. That's the other thing that's always going to be uh, over his head as well. I mean, again, uh, with this idea of of passing into space, you know, as you said, um, you know, Lewandowski does point to those spaces. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing or, you know, where Chavi's always saying, don't take that chance because we need to keep the ball, right, that possession. And I don't know. And I hope that that evolves this season because I think they need to take advantage of those spaces 
to give defenders something else to think about. Because when you're defending, it just becomes easier when everything is always in front of you and you never have to think about what could happen side to side with the run. So, all right, let's move on to the next player. Obviously, one of the studs of the team that we all love is Pedri. He scored six goals last season. And I know, you know, his goal scoring is not like a major attribute, but I just feel... You know, it has increased every year a little bit, little by little. And I have here five goals over under. I, I think if he can find the next level, just being a little bit more consistent, almost hitting 10 goals a season, I think that puts him into elite status for uh, the midfielder for Barcelona. So, Craig, what do you think? Five over under for Pedri goals. Uh, this, this, is, this is really tricky. Obviously, you know, Contrary to what people might think, there is some prep goes into this. So I'm looking at the list of things that we've got to discuss. And this is the one that stands out to me as the, the hardest one to appraise. Um, yeah, I, because, because the thing also too, right? Like if he scores five, I still think that's great, you know, because he does so many other things, right? Well, that's it. It's like it, it simultaneously is the last thing I need from him, yet the thing I want him to improve most, which is completely like, oxymoronic. Like, <laughs> um, I think... So I don't dwell on this. I think I think under, I think under, but I think what we see is a more productive Pedri going forward, which is, again, not saying he was unproductive last season. I think Gundogan coming in for Pedri and Gavi is absolute genius. And so I think we'll see less goals, but more, more, uh, more clinical Pedri. <sighs> interesting, interesting. Here's a question. Pedri, Gavi, who's Iniesta, who's Xavi? I think that's the harshest comparison you could ever have. Um, I, I, I hear you, but I think in terms of just like when you're talking sixes and eights, if you're talking playmaker versus like playmaker with goals, I think that's the question, right? Because yeah. I, I, I'll let you answer in a second, but I think when the question of Pedri and goals, as you just said, it's like the one thing you wanted to improve on, but the last thing you need from him, I feel like because when they came in, I kind of just had like, Pedri feels more shavy to me and I want Pedri sitting back scanning and getting the passes off and setting up those like situations. Um, so for me, I feel like I've never really been like, Oh, I need Pedri to score more goals. But I think if you think of it as like, Oh, Pedri, if Pedri seems like your second coming of Iniesta, then you're like, yeah, he needs to get up more. He needs to score a bit more. So I think that's where that question comes from. Yeah, I like it. And sorry, Gabriel, I'm going to jump. I, I, I see Pedri as my Iniesta. It, it, in that direct comparison, to your point, that means I should want him to score more. But if we completely take this question left field, I think in the history of Barca post-Pep, I think we the fact that we never replaced Iniesta has done more damage than the fact that we will never replace Messi. So I think neither... I would need Pedri to be more of my Iniesta, but I think Iniesta is the one position that we've never replaced and probably never will. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would see Pedri as more of my Iniesta. So, if I follow your logic, I would need him to score more than that, but I, I don't think he will. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, I think for ultimate, almost approaching treble success, I think we need to get close to 10 goals from Pedri because... I think of Lewandowski's output and other points. I think we're going to need goals from everyone. And I think if Pedri can take his game to the next level of just being almost superstar and taking the team on his back, I think that is going to add 
wonders for our success as a team for this season. You know, I'm not saying, you know, uh, especially in big nights, you know, we all know that Petri's a special player. Uh, I still think that in some of the big nights that we have, I still feel he needs to impose himself a bit more. And I hope that comes with, you know, obviously with, he's still young. I mean, that's, that's the hardest thing uh, that we're looking at. We, he's been on the team now for four years and he's, he's been getting better every season. I just hope that, that trajectory continues and he just has another stellar year. I don't know if you have anything else to add for Pedri, Remy. I think on, on that, oh. when I said earlier that when I said earlier that I think we'll get found out in the Champions League, that that's precisely what I meant. I didn't think it would be about quality. I think it's about mentality. And that's not to say that we've got players who are mentally weak, but we've got a lot of players who are very inexperienced when we get beyond that because of where they've come into us. And I think Pedri, Gavi, I, I, I'm not sure I quite trust seems too strong, but I'm not sure I trust them to be able to deal with some of the pressures that they'll get if those players around them don't step up. So that's precisely what I meant when I said get found out. I think we've still got a few players who are exceptional footballers that are probably carrying a wee bit too much baggage than you'd want them to be. For example, Balde, for example, Pedri, where in an ideal world, they would be the anomaly, not the majority in terms of their inexperience versus expectation. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think the, the interesting thing with like not replacing Iniesta, it's it's funny because I felt like we tried so stupidly in so Coutinho. many dumb ways. Yeah, Coutinho was <laughs> never going to be that person. It's just the, like when I think back at like how we've tried, it just mm. blows the mind. Um, I I hear you about the mentality. I think part of my issue with Pedri and even Gavi has been that we've relied on them so much. Like yeah. Pedri over the course of his time here, he's played. It's, it's been so terrible. Like we've, it's child labor laws. We've been. <laughs> um, these kids played so many games, but it seems like we have a pretty, that's one of the things I said earlier. We have what seems to be a pretty deep midfield going forward. Even when you start pulling in some of the younger kids, right. Um, that in some of these games where we may not need, I would hope that Xavi starts thinking more along lines of, hey, maybe we don't need Pedri today. Maybe we don't need Gavi today. I think Gavi needs to grow up a bit more um, as a as a player. I still worry about the yellow card or the red yeah. card that hurts us. Um, mm-hmm. But again, now you have Gundogan, and that's – a lot more experience. I love that we kept Frankie De Jong. I love that he's a captain now. <laughs> so Hopefully good. that says yeah, he gets agreed. more matches. Um, so I think we can take some of the load that we've been putting on these these kids away from them. Pedri's gotten yeah. much stronger, it seems. All the pictures of what he's done this <laughs> summer, it seems like this kid's getting beefed up. Yeah. Um, I I don't understand why that's just not the, the like we, the whole team needs to be that. Like if if <laughs> if Balde, I, I need to see pictures of Balde's muscles. I need to see all of these things because it says that hey, we're paying attention to fitness. Um so I hear you. I, I don't think it's goals that I'm gonna judge Pedri on. I think if he has more time to rest and and support around him, I think they can really show how special they are. Um We'll probably get to this later about Balde, but that's one of the things with Balde. Who really do we have that can help him take a rest? Yeah. I don't think it's Alonzo, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think also just, I mean, the addition of Gunnigan just is huge, right? Because now you have someone that can come off the bench or start 
that is seasoned knows how to do it. You don't feel there's a massive drop off as we've had maybe in a couple seasons. And just like you said, the dependency on Gavi and Pedri is because not only injuries, but also their talent. And we just need more shuffle because the seasons are long now, you know, and we need to get the best out of these players and not have them, you know, just so drained by the end of the season, you know, especially with Gavi with the yellow cards, that's another issue. So hopefully he can get more mature with that. Uh, Again, you know, we don't want to see the, the fighting spirit end, but also just just find the line of when to, you know, not cross that line when you are tackling and so forth. All right, let's get into Ansu Fati. He had 12 starts last season. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.